if I have a shoulder that rests like this, right? That's ER of the humerus in that direction, okay? So th it's that position, that relationship right there that's gonna create the posterior impingement. Hi, sir. Greeting. Uh, I have a question about the, the shoulder. So the I've been I've been getting some people with like the posterior impingement symptoms. And I'm just trying to see it because I, I know you said a couple of times that sometimes you can have DR that is still eccentrically oriented with a posterior impingement. Uh, but I, I'm not seeing that definitely. I'm seeing the people who are all the way in and have A2P compressed. Uh -huh. so in that case, am I just looking at, yes, sir. Okay. So, so think about the sequence of events. Okay. Yeah. Um, so give me, give me a wider and narrow. Who's the last person that you saw? Uh, narrow. Okay. All right. So when you think about a, a narrow ISA and you think about how they evolve and they get the anterior compressor strategy first. Yeah. Okay. And then you think about what that does to the position of the scapula relative to the humerus. Yes, yeah, sir. Okay. So I have an increase in the eccentric orientation anteriorly at the shoulder, just yeah. the shoulder, like locally at the shoulder. Yeah. Okay. So right at the joint. So we're not talking about eccentric orientation of like the superficial musculature. We're talking about the shoulder girdle itself. That's why that's why they're lacking the the IRs from the start uh, by a by a long shot. Yes. yes. Okay. Then compress the humor straight into the scapula. All right. As they pick yeah. up the post, as they start to pick up posterior compressive strategy. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna see the the humerus is gonna gonna push harder and harder against the glenoid. Yeah. Okay. And then consider the degree of anterior compression that you have so if i throw a rectus strategy on top of that do you see do you see yeah do you see how much pressure is put on the like the post just picture the posterior edge of the glenoid and yeah. the humerus getting closer and closer together plus then i get the the orientation as well and i get the all right all right so i'm i'm compressing everything there so yeah i see it I see it now because because I even I even I even tried it with myself and it didn't feel good because like doing the doing the late late ER strategy with someone like that you're basically oh no oh no <laughs> yeah oh, yeah no. Just, no 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 you don't want to do that you don't want to do that yeah decrease the the orientation first get the pump handle and. Yeah, it's like it doesn't, you know, it, it really doesn't change the process all that much, right? Yeah. Just the recognition yeah. of of how it how it arises is is the way you want to look at it. But but yeah, it, no. again, all you gotta do is if you if you walk slowly through the sequence of, of events as to as to like how now if we were talking about a wide ISA, okay. If we're talking about a wide ISA, um it would arise later okay in the sequence 
Okay, because they have. So think of, well, hang on. So if you think about the position, if you think about the position of the scapula relative to the humerus as the DR gets compressed, okay? The fluid shift in the posterior. Yeah, so so that would protect me from the from, the, yeah. the internal internal or posterior impingement, right? Like it, it wouldn't allow it to happen. There's there's a space there. Yes, however, sir. however, now if I compress you anteriorly, okay, if I compress you anteriorly, the lateral board, the lateral aspect of the scapula is now going to get pulled towards the thorax. That's where that's going to happen. Got okay? it. Got then it. throw a rectus strategy on top of it. Yeah. And there you go. And then you get, you get, um, hang on a second. Let me grab my, let me grab my shoulder. So I'm, I'm talking about things that people might not understand. <clears throat> to the right shoulder. Okay. So if I have a shoulder that rests like this, right? That's ER of the humerus in that direction, okay? So th it's that position, that relationship right there that's going to create the posterior impingement. So there's the back of the shoulder blade, there's the top, there's the ER, and then that position of the scapula relative to, okay? Or it could be that. It'll be that, or it's going to be that, okay? So that motion right there would be the beginnings of it from a narrow standpoint, that would be a wide, but you're gonna end up in a similar representation in the shoulder. Does that make sense? Let me, yes, let me, do, sir. It. Let me do it up close. So there's the back, there's the top. So you're gonna get that or you're gonna get that. Okay? Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. but but it's like it's like again from a sequence of events, it's going to occur just it, it like it, it the setup for the for the position that that causes it happens first in a in a narrow. It happens later in a wide. Got it. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and I just have I just have a arm bar question that relates to the of course the, the scapular position and the arm position. Mm -hmm. uh, just just thought about like i'm using the 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 bottoms up for representation mm -hmm. uh -huh. and i'm just trying to see it because with with someone who doesn't have the most uh like expensive capabilities at the at the pump handle at first i would i would maybe want to as they roll I would I would maybe still want to use the bottoms up position, but I don't want them to IR the whole arm, especially if their their scapula is anteriorly oriented. I might well if they're anteriorly up. oriented, if they're anteriorly oriented, then you're not gonna get you're not gonna get the the anterior expansion if that's what you're shooting for. Right. All right. All right. Even even if I even if I hold the 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 whole arm and like the the whole arm in ER with ER? with just it would the be, bottom it would up. be it would be it would be better. But the the concern that I would have is is it, when you're in a sideline position like that, and if you yeah. start with an anterior orientation, <clears throat> um, I would hazard to guess that you're going to have a lot of neck strategy that's just going to get to, just to get the arm here it would be yeah. like yeah it's yeah. like so okay so 
here's how you'll know. Here's how you'll know. Okay. Um, take take this since you do table measures. Um, but anybody can recognize this. All you got to do is is elevate the arm into what would be traditionally horizontal abduction. Okay. It's like where you do your ER and IR measures and your horizontal abduction measures. Okay. You have to pay close attention to as you're positioning the arm to measure, watch what happens to the shoulder groove. Yeah. Yeah. Because because people have these these subtle little shrugs that show up yeah. as you're positioning the arm. Yeah. 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 I see it. Okay. They, they don't yeah. have the capability of putting the the scapula like against the rib cage to move the ER right. away. So again, they're they're telling you they're telling you right away. They're saying they're saying, Ian, I have an anteriorly oriented thorax. There's no way I can actually access the position that you want to measure me in. Right. It. It's the same. It's the same strategy. Uh, you you can see this in a hip. So if you're going to move the hip into into 90 degrees of knee bend relative to the table, and you see the you see the hip shrug like on that side, just to capture the position, you know, you don't, you don't have that position to measure in. So you know that everything that you're, that you're measuring then becomes the spinal compensatory strategy. All right. All right. right. It's like anybody that, that does strength and conditioning, it's like when you start to see like a shrugging activity, when people are just positioning their arms, you know, they don't have relative motions in the shoulder. Got it. Got it. And that's why that's why using something like an arm bar is not the best idea to get the scapula to press into the rib cage. Mm -hmm. That's why I have to get that with some other exercise. And once they can get the medial border against the rib cage, I could start using something to hold on to the IR, which is the medial border against the rib cage right. and roll away from it. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right. And once, once I have enough pump handle expansion, my end goal would be to IR the whole arm with bottoms up kettlebell without losing the, the scap pressing against the rib cage. Correct. As, they, as they roll away, they would IR the whole arm, which would create even greater IR what, moment. Yeah. What, what, I would, what I would do, Ian, is I would capture that in supine first. Yeah, oh, okay. Okay. Capture it in supine first. All right. Yeah. Because again, you can identify the compensatory strategy in supine. It's very easy to see. Got okay. It. Once they can, once they can maintain that, then I would start to roll them into it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. So I don't want to have to tell her not to shrug. Like telling her not to shrug is is an indication that you got her in the wrong place. Yeah. I have to cue that. If I, have a, if I have to cue and unshrug, it's like, I just put you in a space you don't have. Good morning. Sorry. There you are. Can you hear me? I can. All right, perfect. Um, I have a little bit of a case study that leads to a few questions about uh, elbow pain uh -huh. and, uh, yeah, and the obliquities. So I have a narrow, like uh, archetypical narrow very, very narrow. Uh, she has a lot of anterior compression, like to the point that you can see, I know my eyesight is not the most scientific method. Of course, I measure here, I measure here as well, but you can really see the rib cage being twisted inward. 
and that creates like a space on the backside. Although she has some dorsal rostral uh, compression as well. Uh, she also has some elements of the inhalation strategy. Can you hear me? I can. I'm listening. I'm just yeah. I'm just listening okay. intently. All right, all right. Um, she has a pretty significant like classic forward head head and she clenches her teeth a lot. Uh -huh. So uh, my question, however, is about the, her arms. Uh, she has pain basically everywhere. Uh, the most everywhere. significant one, like <laughs> the most significant one being uh, on the ulnar, ulnar side, all the way up to the arm and on the lateral aspect as well. Okay, lateral aspect, when you say lateral aspect, show me where you're talking about. Like. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, the pain used to be like crippling. She couldn't do very basic stuff for days. Uh, we got rid of that, uh, buying her some A2P expansion. Uh, my question is that I forgot to mention she works a lot of hours sitting on, you know, desk uh, and a lot of activity on the yeah. computer. Yeah. And, be, and because it's the time of the year that uh, she has a, a lot, a lot of work, uh -huh. many, many hours, yeah, I was yeah. thinking maybe try to, before work fatigue starts to build up, maybe try to untwist her arm a little bit because it's uh -huh. very, very, very twisted. Yes. Um, so I was thinking that the best place to start with would be a low flexit with a prop like here uh -huh. Uh -huh. all right uh my concern was that is that uh i've heard you mention that uh the low oblique seat reduces the of course we have our relative motions on the elbow but I, i've heard you said that it reduces the anterior orientation of the shoulder through it can, it can. Mm -hmm. it can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 with which it has a lot of anterior orientation my concern is that she also still has uh, a fair amount of anterior compression and uh, ER orientation on the shoulder. Yes. yes. So I was thinking that maybe putting her on low oblique maybe would be too much ER mm -hmm. on the humerus. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, the one is uh, the orientation is compensatory mechanic uh, while the position of the oblique seat, the low oblique seat is normal ER, normal ER mechanic. Uh, first of all, what's your thoughts on that? If I can put here in the low oblique seat and I have some follow-ups on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So where, where do you think, and I'm trusting your judgment here, your eyeball test works for me, okay? <laughs> right? Right. how much how much ability to turn inward does she have and where does she do it uh she doesn't have much she orients a lot yeah okay there. right yeah right so so where does she turn inward where do you think she turns inward do you think she's doing it with her shoulder oh no okay uh, okay so that's that's one all right do you think she's got she's got normal uh, uh, pronation of the forearm? No, no. Uh, 
she fails both the pistol and the apple test. Okay. And right. So, you, so you everything's also... turning outward. Everything's turning outward, yeah. except for what? How does she uh, type? How does she type? I'm not sure, but I guess you're, you mean the hand and the distal radius? Yeah. Are turning inward. Okay, so there's her IR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's all she's got. That's all she's got. Okay. And then does she shrug? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, I, I can I can get her not to by queuing her, but it's uh he doesn't want to listen to you. <laughs> uh, she does, she does if if we uh, <laughs> she's trying. If she's trying, if we set it up right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, we were talking about Dale's, would you call it a Cossack squat, Dale? Was it a Cossack squat? Yeah. Okay. Uh, horse dance, whatever, you know. Okay. All right. I, I just call it sumo because it looks like sumo. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, if, you put, if you put your legs in a sumo stance, um, for people that, that can't capture medial foot cues, that's where they can capture medial foot cues. It's a wide stance box squat. It's a staggered stance kind of a representation, okay? All right, yes. so, so here's the problem. Here's the problem with your oblique sit is that she may not even have access to the ability to get the, get the form and the, and the humerus into a useful position because her yes. ER is so far away from midline, okay? Right. So... Mm -hmm. All we have to do is figure out, it's like, okay, where can I put you? Where can I put you that I can put you in a, in a space where I don't have to create the compensation? So I, I don't want to have to tell her not to shrug. Like telling her not to shrug is, is an indication that you got her in the wrong place. Yeah. I have to cue that. If I have, a, if I have to cue an unshrug, it's like, I just put you in a space you don't have. So now we just got to figure out, it's like, well, where's the space that she does have? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so the, I'm, I'm not going to eliminate the low oblique sit um, as a potential useful activity, right? But I have to be able to access that space first. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she has it based on your description. Okay. So, yeah. so now we got to say, all right, where are we going to put her? Where's, where, where is her available space that she can put her arms without compensating at the neck first? Uh, are we still talking about the low oblixit or different positions? I, 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 I said we're going to use that later because we don't have access to that space yet. I think she does. Uh, she, did, she definitely didn't uh, at the beginning, but after getting some AP expansion, I think she can get it with a few tweaks, uh, which I would like so to So then what's the problem if you... it worked? Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I okay. was worried about the too you, much CR. You want to get, you want to get more, you want to get more, more anterior expansion, don't you? Yeah, and also yeah. untwist the hand a little bit, as Understood. much as I can. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. I, right. I know where we're, I know uh, where we're going. I'm I'm just trying to get you to kind of see it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So where uh, is her where is her available space? If I if I squeeze her 
on the back side. Yeah, where, yeah. Is the, where does ER go? It goes away from midline. Away from midline. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so number one, I'm going to position her away from midline. That's going to be the first contact that I make. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. If the sternum's getting pulled down, mm -hmm. the sternum's getting pulled down. Um, I, I need to make sure that I'm in a position that if I if I take a breath in, the sternum would be free to move. Okay, where would that where would that position be? Like uh, prone development. Ah, okay, now you now you have my attention. Okay, yeah. so what's it going to look like? What's it going to look like? Think about the position that she uses to type first. Yeah. Think, think about that. Ah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you start to, you, you literally put her in the space that she's got available. I don't know if I can show this, that she's got available to her. I can see you. You see All the right. pro, you see the prone representation? Of you course. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. now, so, so if I'm in this position here, let's just use my arm. So if I'm in this position here, so I'm away from midline. So I can land in that space. I don't have to compensate. I don't have to shrug. I don't have to shrug <laughs> to get there. Okay. I can land there. I can start to put load on the on the medial aspect of the elbow, and I can land on the ground. Now, if I if I keep my hand and arm in this orientation, can you appreciate the fact that the radius and the hand are now going in the same direction? So I don't have yes. a I don't have a hand that's IR relative to the form. I can actually put them in. A, a, a more uh, E-yard representation of the hand relative to the I-yard forearm. Do you see that? Yeah. Okay. I do. If I if I if I pick my arm up and I maintain the same orientation, can you see that it doesn't require the maximum amount of IR? Because the minute yeah. I do that, the minute I have to drive more IR here, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so I move her away from midline. I still capture I still capture the cues that I need to superimpose the internal rotation, and that's going to help me yeah. get the pump handle. You see it? I do. But yeah. you just got to move her away from midline. Now, when we talk about prone, there's a there's a gajillion ways to set people up in prone. She may not be able to take the full weight of her of her body on that, so you got to be careful as to which position you're going to put her in. Like you may have to start her with the shoulders above the hips. So I'm sitting, I'm mm -hmm. sitting at my desk. And so you might need to start her here to create that yeah. superimposition, you see it? I do, yeah. Yeah, and then as she gains, then she goes here. Mm-hmm. See the difference? Yeah. Where you start her there, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you go there, and then I start to turn her this way, right? Uh -huh. and I have to increase the amount of IR that I can capture on one side, right? Yeah. You see it, and then that's how you I start do. to create. That's how you start to create the, the the terms. Good morning, happy Thursday. I have neuro coffee in hand, and it is perfect. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Um, my question kind of actually is very similar to like David's and he actually helped out. Um, I just wanted to clarify like my thought process on two people I saw, um, that popped on my schedule. I don't have table measures, but something I just noticed 
They're both coming in. One girl with like shin splints, like lateral tibia pain. The other lateral guy, tibial pain. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the other guy has like uh, post tib, like kind of tendonitis, like mid calfy medial side uh -huh. area. Uh -huh. And I noticed both of them; they can touch the floor like super yeah. easy. Yeah. And they have these like crazy high arches. Yeah. Um, and David, actually, I'm gonna use what he did. Like I was thinking, I'm like, okay, let me try and get some manual get some like pronation going uh -huh. on. But is my thought process in terms of like Therex going on, they're utilizing like a stiff strategy. That's probably why they present with. Hey, <clears throat> quick thought. Um, why would my tibia hurt? Because I keep jamming into it maybe, probably. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with what happens to the tibia when you're just walking? Are you hinting at bending? Because we've been talking about bending a lot. Okay. So, so when you land in early propulsion, okay, what happens is the tibia actually bends backwards and twists into ER. How about that? Like literally, we know this. Okay. Some brave soul put screws in his tibia and they measured the movement of the screws as he was walking, okay? So we, so we know what happens, okay? Now let's magnify that by running. So the tibia becomes this spring-like mechanism, right? Um, and it's normal, unless I spend more time pushing down on the spring, okay? So if I got an ER foot, and I got to translate through middle propulsion and my foot won't do it. What could I possibly magnify to substitute for the transition of the foot shape through middle? I'm assuming the next thing up, which is probably- Could, I, could I potentially magnify the normal behaviors to such a degree that um, do you ever take a, uh, you ever take a, uh, like a, a tree branch and you, and you try to break it, but it's like a, they call it, you know, like a green stick. Okay. Green stick and it breaks and it gets all fibery and then you can kind of like twist it back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what a stress fracture looks like? I'm guessing similar to that. Yeah. So, so think about this. So, so I get a curve, I get a curve in a bone, like any bone. Okay, the outside of the curve is going to be the expanded representation of the bony structure. The inside is going to be the compressive part of it. Fair? And now take that bend and then twist it a little bit. And I magnify the expansion and compression on either side of the bone. You could have, you could have a compression injury. You could have an expansion injury, right? One's going to get ripped apart. One's going to get crushed. Take your pick. Okay, the shape's going to determine what the symptom would be, right? So when you say lateral tibia versus medial, like medial tibial stress syndrome, right? That whatever they want to call it, it my shin hurts, right? It's, it's, it's pain on the inside part of the tibia, okay? Periosteum, very sensitive to pressures and tensions, okay? That's why they get bony sensitivity. You know, you palpate it, pet it and they want to jump off the table and punch you in the face, right? Okay, then you got... Think about this. If I have the compressed representation, compressed representation of the bone, what do you think the musculature is going to look like that's attached to that area? 
concentric or eccentric orientation. Yeah. Okay. Now think about this. It's a compressed representation and it's not changing. Do you have overcoming connective tissue behavior or do you have, do you have yielding connective tissue behavior? If it's not changing, yielding? So if it's not changing, it's, it's going to be overcoming. So think about where's the yield if we're on the inside of the bend of the bone? On the outside, the yield. On the outside. outside. There you go. Okay. So, so depending on where the symptom is, depending on the shape change that you're, that you're looking at, your strategy for treatment is going to be associated with alleviating the compressive strategy, reducing the concentric orientation, the overcoming on one side, and creating the compressive strategy on the other side, and then creating the overcoming connective tissue behavior. So you've got two people that, that walk in with the same garbage can diagnosis, okay, right? They call them both shin splints. What does that mean? Not really sure, okay? But if we if we pay attention to the, the shape, the representation, um, the, the foot shape, the influence that are coming down from the top, we can identify, it's like, is this an expanded representation that's creating the symptoms or is this a compressed representation that's creating the symptoms? Do you see it? Yep. Now you can guide your treatment. So you don't break out the, here's the shin splint protocol, Jordan. Here's the cookbook, right? You gotta be a little bit of the chef. You gotta say, well, what ingredients do I have available to me? This is what I'm gonna make, right? You see the difference? Yeah, absolutely. I was It's a big yeah. deal. It's a big deal because again, this is why this is why crappy diagnoses like like plantar fasciitis aren't terribly helpful, right? Uh, shin splints, not terribly helpful. Like all the all the all the crud that that gets that gets perpetuated um, on the on the video stuff that you can access, you know? Oh, here's the solution for shin splints. Like, well, which one is it? right? Which representation do you have? Because all shin splints are not created equal, right? No, they're not. Um, I'll get off my soapbox. I got a little, hang on. I'm getting I know, little, sorry. Sorry if I got you heated up this I got, morning. I had to cool off for a second, boss. You, you touched a nerve. <laughs> uh, just to make sure like now, so that clarifies for sure. So for example, for the two, if I'm doing like a split squat in terms of like holding the weight yes, in sir. which hand for the... Um, the person with lateral shin pain, they have that expanded issue. Yep. I would probably want to put the, a weight on the outside because I'm trying to teach them to overcome. Okay. So um, which, which leg are we talking about? The left leg. So left leg okay, force, split squat per se. All right. So hang on. So, so if I have the expanded representation, okay? So let's think about compartments, All right? So I have the anterior compartment eccentrically oriented where where do i need to go where do i need to go with the tibia to create the internally internally oriented representation of the tibia forward down okay so i, I have to translate i i literally have to translate the knee forward right okay because i need i need the proximal tibia to, to ir relative to the to the femoral er that's a, that's an increased acquisition of internal rotation. Can you appreciate that? It's coming yes. from the ground. Got it? It's coming yeah. up the ground. Right. Um, so where would I want to where would I want to place the offset load to create uh, the the accumulation of IR in that early representation? The 
Ah, contra. That would side. be correct. There okay, go. I was having it flip flopped. Understood. Thank you. Hey, dude. Question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where the heck is his right VL? Good morning. Hey, I have NeuroCoffee in hand and it is perfect. Hey, Bobby, on. Um, I have a knee question. Um, baseball player, um, been labeled as stellar tendonitis. Uh -huh. The kind of the pain representation or symptoms uh, from the pain haven't really been too typical from what I've seen with normal patellar tendon. It's more like kind of retinaculum areas on the uh, anterior side, but he's also describing some- Like, like a medial retinaculum? Uh, more, more, yeah, lateral actually is like the, okay. the sharpest pain and then medially as well. Um, but that's, you know, from his description is not nearly as intense or stabbing is like kind of the, the word that he's using. Um, he's, he's calling it a stabbing pain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he gets like a bite at, at a certain point. Right. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. And it's, he says okay. it's relatively random. So it's not like, you know, deep knee flexion, like, the, you know, common patellar tendon issues. Uh, the you know, also some like posterior pain, like semi-tendinosis area. Um, and then, yeah, basically I'm- knee? Is it at the knee? At the knee, yeah. So like pezanserine kind of a irritation? Say that again? Pezanserine? I'm not too familiar with that actually. Okay, it's the, it's the attachment of semi-tendinosis gracilis and sartorius on the medial aspect of the tibial plateau. Yes. <laughs> that area okay yeah. just yeah. i just want to be yeah okay cool mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Um, yep. and so you know high level baseball player uh limited ir on the right side uh 40 degrees er um 70 degrees straight leg raise uh limited dorsiflexion on the right ankle so, okay. so we I'm, assuming, know I'm assuming he has uh somewhat of a twist going on at the tibia um Flatter, is this a right knee? Are we talking about a right knee? A right knee, yeah. Okay. So I don't know good. if, no, if the good. context matters. The uh, so he's a right-handed thrower, left-handed swinger, um, and so he has a history of left side um, patellar tendon dislocation or patella dislocation. Um, yeah, as well as uh, you know multiple hamstring strains across the, his career so far. Um, awesome. So I'm I'm trying to figure out. I'm assuming he's you know stuck in late. Um, what does his toe? What does his big toe look like on the right side? Uh, so I have I have a you know lower extremity. Um, it's you got a uh, picture? Picture? Yeah, I have a picture. Oh, yeah. throw it up, dude! Throw it up. Okay. Let's see. Sorry. seeing that i am okay. hey dude question yeah mm -hmm. where the heck is his right vl <laughs> you cut it off <laughs> seriously i know i know uh, yeah this is pretty pretty impressive uh yeah. what position uh he's an outfielder okay okay yeah wow and he's an arrow yes yeah. Okay, cool. Um, 
who were we just talking to about the foot? David, David, you see this this right foot? You see the you see the flipper yeah. part of the foot and the fourth and fifth rays? You see how it's flattened? You want to yes. know where the IR is? There you go. So, Stuart, can you appreciate the fact? So, so follow the go from the first met back to the midfoot. Mm -hmm. Can you appreciate the fact that you have a massive amount of ER right there? Yes. Okay. And you can obviously appreciate the fact that he wants his right patella to dislocate as well. Yeah. Yes. He would like to have, like to have a match set, I think. Yeah. Is what you're going after. Awesome. Okay. So, so let's appreciate the, this knee position for a sec. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I was making half a joke about the VL thing. So yeah. um, you see your two dots there on the knee. Yeah. Okay. Take the lateral dot and go straight vertical for me. Take your little, yeah, go straight up. Keep going right to the top, of, right to the shorts. Okay. Now, if, uh, if we were looking at an anatomy textbook, um, that would not be the ideal representation of where the rectus femoris would come down and attach to the quadriceps. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Okay. You got, can you appreciate the fact that you have an eccentrically oriented VM? Look how far VM goes. So, so mm -hmm. look, look, look at the overhang, so to speak, as it's relaxed. Okay. You have an eccentrically. So keep going medial and then find, there you go. There. So there's the medial, there's the medial border of, of BM. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And then take your line horizontally until you get to the attachment point of rectum. Like take it across. That whole thing is an eccentrically oriented vastus medialis. That's a problem. That's mm -hmm. a problem. Right. So you got a VL that's pulling the tibia out towards right field. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay? So everything's getting twisted out in that direction. Right. Can you appreciate the fact that if, if this is the orientation, can you appreciate the load on the lateral structures of the knee in this circumstance? So this is a classic, like a lateral knee pain kind of a thing. It's not, right. he's, and he's not at the end yet. So here's the really cool thing. It's like, you can, you can probably save this one pretty, pretty easily, I would say. Okay. Um, because, because you've still got, you've still got, uh, uh, a, an eccentrically oriented, oriented BM. So you got to twist the sucker back into to middle P straight down into the ground. Okay. Gotcha. You got work to do because you can see the space between the big toe and the second toe. So that's why, you know, you got a bunch of ER here, okay. but you're going to have to mobilize the, you got to get a rear foot that will, that will um, traditionally pronate. So you can get a midfoot that will IR. Okay. Gotcha. You got to get tibial IR, right. Relative to the femur. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you've got to get ER of the distal uh, femur relative to the tibia. Okay. Do you know how to mobilize a knee in that respect? So I I don't really lay hands. Um, okay. I'm a strength strength coach by trade. Um, okay. All right. Hang on. So, hang on. Mm -hmm. Hang on. We got we got we got ways to do this. Okay. We got ways to do this. Um, where do you think, where do you think his early ER is? Like where, where, in what space does that ER live for him? Is it, is it in front of his feet? 
uh, probably yeah, out to the probably, side. It's probably pointing towards the Nike box, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> So, so where you can capture the early representation of the foot is way out into ER. So you could put him in a sumo stance okay. and start to work on bending the knee in that position. The center of gravity is going to be behind his heel. Okay. And then you just slowly teach him how to translate forward over the foot in this ER position first. That's going to okay. wait for you to, to sort of teach him how to do this. Because what's going to happen is you can cue the VM to become concentrically oriented in that, in that position. That's going to internally rotate the tibia relative to the femur. Okay. VL is going to have to let go of some of its concentric orientation. Okay. okay. And you're going to get the you're going to get the tibia femoral relationship that we just talked about without having to mobilize with your hand. Now, I'm assuming that uh, you you work with a what level is this guy? Uh, division one. I work at Pepperdine University. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so do do you ever talk to the the rehab people? Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. So you think you're gonna need some help. You're gonna need some help. Yeah. For All sure. right. So let's make a list. Let's make a list. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. <clears throat> so um, you're gonna have to move a hip socket. So uh, if you look at, um, go up to like the top of this picture. Okay. And mm -hmm. I want you to, I want you to kind of see the representation. There's like, there's a little bit of tension in his, in his pants, but what you're going to see is you see the exaggerated outward curve on the right-hand side of the, of his shorts. You see how it's kind yeah. of ballooned out. Okay. So that's, that's the, the pelvis that's twisting um, into an ER orientation. So the, the, so the right acetabulum is pointing out to the right. Mm -hmm. You have to twist the, the acetabulum back in. And so chances are you're going to have to use like a late representation at the hip to create the turn away from the right side. So you got to push him right to left with that representation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Rehab staff is going to have to help you with the VL. Okay. Right. They're going to do some, some, uh, it, it'll be, a, it'll be an unfortunate circumstance for him because it's probably going to yeah. be really sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They got to work from the hip down to the knee. Okay in that direction. So think about, think about, I need to take that femur and turn it inward towards the ground. Mm -hmm. Get it? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do that. So you're going to reduce some of the concentric orientation of the VL. That's going to help you pick up some of the, it's going to help you pick up some of the concentric orientation of the VL. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you're going to, you're going to have to put them in a position where you've got relative motion in the knee. So the knee's going to be bent. And then like I said, your job is to get the femur to, to, um, to ER while the tibia IRs. So this is early representation. This is an early representation of the knee position, but you're going to have to do it in a space that he actually has, which is okay. a weight. Right. Okay. Get it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think okay. that's where I've gone wrong is trying to work too, too much, you know, um, like straight, straight ahead, ahead, basically like split squat yeah. positions. Um, yeah. In put him in. So yeah, you put him in like a sumo to capture the foot position. You use like a wide staggered stance, right foot forward lead chop to the right heel. Okay. Okay. Do you see that? You see the shape. So yeah, it'll be early. It'll be an early representation, but it's a wide stance. And so again, you've got a shot at capturing internal rotation inside inside of the of the stance. Mm -hmm. That's going to help you with the with the with the hip orientation as well. After you push him, so you got to push him right to left. Then you put the right foot out in front, and you capture the internal rotation. Okay. okay. So you're going to go lady. 
first, and then you're going to try to capture the early. And so that's so before you actually stagger, you you got to push right him. To left you got to push yeah. him. You're going to push him out of the right side because he's got a socket orientation problem. Got it. You okay. Literally turn this like his his left hip socket is facing us. His right hip socket is facing the Nike box. Right. Yeah. Okay. You got to make that twist first. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, like I said, rehab rehab needs to get on them. But they, they got to create tibial IR relative to the femoral ER. Right. If they do that, they're going to help you out tremendously. Because what, what you got here is a knee that's that's going to be able to bend that should not be able to bend. Right. Yeah. That's why that, that patellar tendon is under massive amount of tension all the time. Okay. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 